So, I've got homework. You've got homework? Yes. Um, <clears throat> our good friends of the Yes Good podcast, Amy mm-hmm. and Grace, are yes. on hiatus currently. So, we must take over. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was thinking uh, next time we talk about uh, uh, Booksmart. I think I think you would like that movie. Yeah. Slash, um, I think it'd be interesting to talk about kind of the. I have Hulu now. How that movie treats queerness. It is a movie, not a so. show, right? Yes. Cool. Okay, it is a movie. Doable. It's um, an hour and a half long, maybe okay. a little bit longer, but not not two hours for sure. Z's. Okay. Um, it has um, some famous people that whose names I don't remember. But um, but it has like a good number of queer characters that I'm just like full on into, and uh, I I think I was just like <clears throat> I think it's the type of teen movie that I really enjoy, and um, yeah, it has like a little bit of that uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off energy, while also having some of the kind of more it, it it is very thoughtful at times so hmm. i'll have to watch it um i'll just like put it on my queue mm-hmm. um yeah we'll just have to watch it yeah um yeah it'll be fun <laughs> i'm trying to think if there's something that i'd want to like talk about mm-hmm. um what have I watched? A lot of Project Runway. Do you want to talk about Project Runway? I have thoughts. Um, <laughs> I I feel like the only way I can watch Project Runway is with someone else and usually with you. Yeah. Because like no, I, I, I feel so much more invested when we can have a conversation about it yeah. than, than when I'm just like watching it. I feel the same. I really enjoy watching it by myself, but I like very much enjoy watching it with Kyle. Cause like, mm-hmm. first of all, he has costuming experience and yeah. like sewing experience. So there are things that I don't know that he does. And I just think that's horribly fascinating. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to learn how to sew. I'm very bad at it, but we're getting there. That, that's how you start. Um, so. I want like, my goal is like a like fancy pair of pants. Like, mm-hmm. like it is like good pants are so expensive. Yeah. <laughs> and like good pants are the kind of things that like, if it's like good quality, and like looks really stellar. Like you can wear it like several days in a row without washing them. And like, mm-hmm. I'm really lazy. Um, and like shirts you can find for really cheap. Like I've, I've had no trouble finding shirts that I like that fit me that are cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had so much trouble finding pants that fit me that are cheap. And I don't have a very unstandard body. I'm a beanstalk. Like they make boys clothes for beanstalks. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so like I want to like pants, and I've decided that the next pair of things that I want to work on, like I'm probably gonna try to work on a bathrobe because I want to just yeah. like, like, I don't know, I want to be naked, but I don't want to have my dick out. That's weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, the also, ever eternal problem. Yeah, it's cold. It's not flattering. <laughs> um, 
and uh yeah so i want to try to make a bathrobe but i want to like try to like really try to like really get good at making some pants mm-hmm. and i know that, that seems very difficult but i feel like if i'm gonna have like it seems a super goal, difficult like that's what i want to do i want to be like good at making pants yeah i was recently thinking about how do you like how do you fucking become a group like um daft punk <laughs> like like how do you like start off with like masks like that and, and don't reveal yourself and shit i don't know i mean like even on youtube back to Lindsay ellis where we started mm-hmm. um her i think it's her husband actually who is she married um, yeah um i don't remember if that's her husband or if he's another one but he's a music critic that is uh, like the way that he films is always like with a keyboard and his hoodie up so you can't see his face, um, which is like very that era of like all the Lindsay Ellis friends before Lindsay yeah. Ellis became a part of BreadTube. Um, and uh, yeah, that that is for sure. Like I remember early, early like yeah, nostalgia chick. YouTube. Like yeah, Lindsay there was Ellis. a like. Do you remember Mystery Guitar Man? He had a yes. very similar thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I have thought about going for that sort of thing, but like for one, it seems gimmicky. And like for two, I'm not that bad looking. I need to just get over myself. <laughs> um, and see, it is gimmicky, but the fucking like, but the fucking thing about it is like there are people who make it work. Yeah, Orville Peck. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like I think it it's gimmicky if you don't believe in it fully. It's gimmicky if you're not good too. Yeah, yeah. Like everything works if you're good. Yeah. Well, yeah, to some extent, but yeah. <laughs> but True. what what I'm saying is like I think part of it is if you fully believe in what you're working on, you might be able to to like make it work. Yeah. So, yeah. I and especially know. in music. Like, yeah. Because Daft Punk, their whole idea, robots who who make weird music. Um Orville Peck like the masked, the masked cowboy yeah. kind of uh, thing it has um, to work with the gimmick, and then you see all the fucking like Bowie's different like there. There's ways of doing it. I don't think that whooping cough the disease. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I also just like I enjoy YouTube channels that are doing something. Yeah, like they're working towards something like I'm very much enjoying Lindsay Ellis's thing because they're working towards writing a book. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like it's just somebody like talking about the banalities of their life and being like story time, story time. Yeah. Although anytime the Chichi Gorgeous wants to do a story time, we're good. Um, <laughs> amazing, amazing shit. Um, yeah, I don't. Yeah. It would definitely have to be like a project like I'm working on this album and like jerry rigging shit and showing how i do things yeah and mostly being b-roll i like the way that image and heap did her vlogs mm-hmm. of working with i remember that being like a big inspiration to yeah you. i mean she was the reason that i wanted to become a musician in the first place and production in general um she produces a lot of her own music and kind of is a one-man like situation yeah um so i don't know and then that I've been thinking about like band names and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go for um, Ratero because mm. um, I feel like that's a pretty rock and roll name. Yeah. And it, it kind of goes nice with the like 
um it's also like spanish yeah which there's not enough spanish in my life um so i'm probably going to use that as like my like panic at the disco band <laughs> um, or saint vincent where it's just yeah. Amy clark yeah um so that's probably what i'm just going to like roll with from now on i need a little bit of consistency in my <laughs> uploads of everything just kind of fitting together in one spotify account what type of um essentially what type of like vlogs are you thinking of i don't know um probably like a little bit of talking head mm-hmm. but more like Lindsay ellis image and heap talking head where mm-hmm. i'm just kind of like trying to keep everything like so like talk narrate what's going on and like yeah. what my process giving was order with a little bit of b-roll of like me working on the actual things yeah um i don't think that i could do like full-on vlog where i'm like just continuously filming filming mm-hmm. myself and like walking around with like a camera right here like yeah. i just i can't do that um so i think it's gonna have to be like talking head with b-roll mm-hmm. um that way I also don't have to like be recording myself every time that I'm like trying to like come up with, I would love to guest direct one and, and make it like, uh, almost, do you remember when I used to show you sugar pine seven videos and shit like that? I would love to make it like almost a a crazy, uh, like improvised skin version. I do like that question. Do you think that, um, Russell Brand is a philosopher. I never listen to what he says, so I haven't really check out his YouTube channel. Is it good? It's weird. The <laughs> like the thing is, he's not trying to be funny. He's just being like himself. But the thing is, it once you like like move away all the layers of of him trying to be funny or just like his brash attitude. He's actually a super intelligent dude um, who thinks very deeply about things. And I like was watching his videos yesterday and I was just like, is he a philosopher? Like, could we call him a philosopher? But anyway, my exposure to his videos have been kind of in my Twitter feed where Mm -hmm. I just see like, screen caps of him just like talking without the sound and I'm at work and I can't like turn the sound on my phone. Yeah. I never am on my phone at work. Um, (laughs) And uh, just, it seems insufferable. Like just seeing him talk. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I, the things that I haven't listened to it it is, is my perception of how Mm -hmm. he looks when he's talking. And I know him as just like such a twat as a person. That like the idea of him being pretentious and just wanting to tell me how to live seems like, no, thank you. Bye. <laughs> so that's why I haven't gotten into it. Yeah. I don't know why. Now I'm intrigued. I, I, yeah, I don't know why. The it's SG just endorsement. like, I always, I always like, there was always something behind Russell Brand that fascinated me other than like every other fucking person on the street being like, you look like Russell Brand. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I was at a fucking um, uh, the Melt Carton Kids concert and I was in line for something and someone behind me uh, like tapped me on the shoulder and was like, hey, um, has anyone ever told you that you look like Russell Brand? 
And I was like, yes, yes, I have. And she looked at me straight in the eyes and said, it happens to you a lot, doesn't it? <laughs> and I was like, yes. Yep. <laughs> see, the thing is that like now I'm not in customer service and I get to see people's names in their mm-hmm. chart. And like now I get to be the person that makes all the dumb like dad jokes about everything where it's not like if it doesn't have a title on it, it's free. Ha ha ha. Now I'm the one that gets to be like, hmm, your last name's Dinkleberry. That sounds like Dingleberry. <laughs> and the things that they've heard all their lives. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Some people have really cool names. Most people have awful names. Yeah. Just really stupid. I names. think it's, I think babies it's... have terrible names. If I yeah. see another fucking name in Latin, I'm going to throw up. Is that a thing now? It's yes. like Latin names. Lucius Ad Maleficus Johnson the third. Prubidius Fuck that motherfucker. Adorableus. Adorable. Lee Fuck. Uh, like I like so many like Socrates hey, Ubidius Johnson. What's adorable in Latin. I don't speak that language yet. Hey Google, can you say I don't speak German, but I can if you like? To change the language, open the Google Home app. Tap the Fuck you. <laughs> I I like her. I like having Google around, but I also don't like the fact that she can't improvise with me. <laughs> Comedic timing, poor. But uh yeah, no, Latin names sounds terrible. Uh, I'm kind of glad that I worked at a hospital because I probably would have been one of those people that called my child a Latin name. Yeah. Now it's just going to be a made-up name in Spanish. It's probably going to be like Juvia or something like that. Juvia. I like that name. It is a good name. Yeah, anyway. I just, I couldn't imagine someone yelling it from... Uh, Juvia. From a, yeah, from like... Uh, from a street trying a to get the person's attention. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it'd be a rom-com thing. Juvia! Fiera despiadada. Principes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Taurus. Taurus. Oedipus. Oh, my God. Virgo. Never fucking name your child Oedipus. Franklin. Madia, Madia, Madia. <laughs> <laughs> is it Tyler Perry? I don't know. <laughs> um, you do know that that's a play, right? Yes. Good. I, <laughs> it's an I English just... major. <laughs> <laughs> the most useless major. Um, yes. So good. So many stupid babies. Every time that I have to call, like, because like, the only time that I encounter babies is when they're having, like, MRIs with anesthesia and I have to call down to the OR mm-hmm. to like get the anesthesia booked. And, um, it's always just like, um, Cerulean Tarinius Lee. Are they all like Franklin? They all sound like, like very game of patient? Thrones. Like, yes. It, it yeah. sounds very game of Thrones, like inspired shit. Or Kaylee, Aylin, Ayla, Lay lack like a a a a a always. Who are these motherfuckers naming children? White people, <laughs> idiots, children, children naming children. This is the problem. Uh-huh. Christians, Christians, 
They're the only ones having fucking children and they don't mm. have to fucking name people. Chicago is a great fucking name. Chicago is fucking a good name. like Kanye is just getting better and better at naming children. Like it's a progression. I like wit. I couldn't have come up with that. I'm not going to be good at naming a kid. Let's face it. It's going to be terrible. This is why I don't want kids because naming children is stressful. The one reason why I like, I like adopt one from a foster family so that it already has a name, a name. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I I'm, think that that's how I would do it. I'll do a nickname. I like, buddy. I can't <laughs> what? buddy. Oh, Sport. buddy. <laughs> Fastball. <laughs> no, um, Don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was something about names. Chicago's a fucking sweet name. Such a man. good name. Holy shit! Like they came out with that, and I was just like, Mwah. Like they Apple have who? to. They have to have a fucking writers <laughs> like room. <laughs> I do that. Fuck all the college humor people are like fucking fired. What else are they gonna do? Are they? happened to college humor they got they all got sacked like wow. all, of them, all of them like just like they don't have a job anymore a lot of these like out of college nowhere or yeah 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 that's what it sounds like on twitter at least uh-huh. i could be wrong i'll probably read up more on it i like it's uh not at work um but at work i uh have been like seeing the tweets of like holy shit everybody's gotten fired and it's kind of like destroyed the entry-level jobs for comedy writers Uh, in la because that's kind of the only way that you can get like entry-level writing jobs at anything is like some sort of writer's room Uh um and a lot of people would do it at like different places like college humor and shit yeah Mm -hmm. so college humor is dead now they can write names for fancy people (laughs) because gwyneth paltrow named her child apple (laughs) Did she? Oh yeah. my god. Is Gwyneth Paltrow the goop lady? Yes. Okay. She has a show on goop now. Uh-huh. Like they're like doing ayahuasca. The cover of it is a fucking vagina. Like it's really great. I'm so excited. That looks like like my kind of garbage. I was watching the first few episodes of the Hulu show Dollface. Have you seen like the it has um Kat Dennings and um what's her face from the sweet life of zach and cody the Ashley tisdale yeah uh, no the asian one london tipton yes <laughs> the the person who plays london london tipton that's not her name it's london tipton <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um she's in it and stuff it, it it's kind of like I, I think you saw an episode or so of uh, Man Seeking Woman. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of like a ver- it's it has kind of a similar surrealist tone, I would say. But um, it's written and directed by women. And I think like it's a pretty solid show. It's not hmm. super great, but it's pretty solid. And um, the main character works at a goop like company called Woom. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. And yeah. there's an anthropomorphic cat lady who appears who's w- way better looking than any of the cats in the movie cats. <laughs> I still haven't watched that. They're going to re-release scary. it with better effects and I need to watch it before the better effects get done. Cuz so, like it took me a while to find the original Star Wars without yeah. the like 
George Lucas come. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. So I have to watch the cats before it gets better. But like the screen caps that I've seen, like, holy shit. So, so um, apparently a few nights ago in LA, there was like, you know that there's always push for like Oscars shit and everything. There was a special screening of a bunch of movies um, for visual effects push. And um, the team behind Cats was there. And um, they were the only team that didn't show behind the scenes uh, feature of them creating the the like visual effects. And they were also the only team that seemed genuinely bummed out about being there they did not want to be there essentially what i heard is that they went up there and they were like yeah we're the people who made cats we're sorry (laughs) i mean didn't it have like unfinished effects and shit i think partially i think they I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell with with a movie that yeah. fucked up. <laughs> I think I also like am like discovering how many people did not watch the stage show. I've never seen the stage show. It, the thing like everybody's just like it's super horny. It's real. It has weird. no. It has it no, plot. no plot. Yeah, and, like, that's the stage. The show. trailer had more plot than mm-hmm. the actual stage show, and I'm kind of like any sort of trying to force a plot on that stage show would probably be there really is stupid. no there is no plot. In the movie. In the movie? Yeah. yeah. It's pretty much the same thing. The, the And I knew Cats was horny. Like, I, like you didn't... You couldn't hide that shit. Because, yeah, no. One of because my childhood my... crushes was fucking Rum Tum Tugger. Like. <laughs> my fucking um, favorite movie when we were living in Puerto Rico that I had on VHS was Lion King. And one of the things that always ha- like one of the trailers before lion king was like a, a a vhs of cats the musical and i would always have to like speed through that because it gave me fucking nightmares <laughs> because the cats from cats are terrifying i remember having like very much a similar reaction um speaking of wilson there was a family mm-hmm. uh, called the wilsons that are very eccentric um we can bleep that out they were I'm only going to say nice things about them. They were one of the people that got me into writing. Um, they were just so strange and yeah. I love them. Yeah. Like some of my favorite people to hang out with when I was a kid. And they introduced me to a lot of things like labyrinth, chitty, mm-hmm. chitty, bang, bang, steel magnolias, like cats. Yeah. Uh, and they would introduce me to a lot of really weird movies that like every time that I went to their house, I'm sure that they thought that I hated their movies Cause just their movies took so long for me to digest as a five year old. (laughs) Cause like you watch labyrinth for the first time as a five year old and you're just like sitting there for like 10 minutes just being like, what was this? Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then you watch it funny feeling in my pants. Yeah. And you like, you can't like, you just like you block it out until you're like seven and then you watch it again, mm-hmm. and then you watch it again, and then you watch it again, then you watch it again, then you watch it again, you watch it again, you watch it again, watch it again, like 80 billion times until you're in college, and mm-hmm. like your whole personality revolves around David Bowie. Um, and uh, yeah, so Cats was kind of the same thing for me, where like the first time that I watched it, I just like sat there and was just like, like eyebrows to like the ceiling of mm-hmm. like, what the fuck was that? Um but like Rum Tum Tugger, 
And speaking of Lion King, like Kobu from Lion King 2 were like my ultimate crushes as children, neither of which make me less of a furry. Um, and I like, I just really, really enjoyed like the song Rum Tum Tugger. Uh-huh. Most of the songs really annoy me in Cats, but I really, really love Rum Tum Tugger. And I Memory, th- of course. I think, yeah, I think Memory. Jennifer is Hudson just can like sing Memory all she fucking likes. Um, I think like. I'm with like everyone fucking else in the world uh, when I say like one of those like cartoon like crushes that I had was like um, the the red haired uh, girl from uh, like a goofy movie or something. Um, I think her name was Roxanne. Like there's a part of me Roxanne. that thinks yeah. Uh there's a part of me that thinks it's Roxanne. Um remember that time where we said I take a shot every time they said Roxanne. Oh my god. We died. Yes. <laughs> I also remember one time trying to uh you know uh uh the the song My Shot in um Ham- Hamilton. Yes. Uh I was trying to one time figure out how many shots you would take <laughs> for every time they said shot in that song. And you'd be dead halfway through. <laughs> but yeah. uh, remember the one time that Grace stole that the Grace the raccoon stole Grace's wallet. Oh yeah. I wasn't there, but I know. <laughs> but then you guys came back and we didn't believe you. The thing is that if Kyle had not been sober, you would not have believed us. <laughs> yeah, for sure not, because both of you were not. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh follow the Yes Good podcast. They're they're rebranding to a different name, but I can't remember it right off the top of my head. I need to catch up on it. I think I it's like, like BFA friends, like uh bachelor fine art friends or something yeah sweet i mean that makes a lot it's a lot more punchy and directly like what they're doing yeah yeah i'm so behind on it i like eh, my life has been the poster i like go home and that's all that i do i probably should be heading home for what the fuck is it it's oh we're good yeah we still got some time um I I was wanting you to listen to their last episode, um, the rent. They did a rent episode, and I was interested in in like because I know you have kind of hard opinions about rent, but especially I have hard because opinions about because yeah, but you especially have like I feel like most of your opinions about rent are copy and pasted from that Lindsay yes. Ellis video. <laughs> oh, for sure. Most of my so, opinions of anything are copy and pasted from that Lindsay Ellis yeah. video. Like so. I'm, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that yeah. episode um, because, like, Grace is very much a very passionate Rent fan. And I, even though I've seen that Lindsay Ellis video, I still like Rent. Like, I, I still can't avoid the fact that there's... I just don't like musicals. Yeah, I think it's more... It's funny because I feel like I feel like if you put the two of us together, we could write a pretty solid musical. Yeah. What I was thinking. It'd have to be the musical for people who don't like musicals, like Cabaret. Mm. Perfect musical for people who don't like musicals. Yeah. Well, usually what people do if they don't like musicals is to do like jukebox musicals and shit. Oh, so, which, no. Yeah. <laughs> Mama Mia, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like around the world around the stars whatever the beatles one was it's across the fucking universe (laughs) i like that one (laughs) no no i like that one 
I mean, like, eventually, like, somebody's going to make a movie of David Bowie's Lazarus. Yeah. But at least he I want to see that like, one. A hand in the making of it, but it sounds like a rehash of the like um, man who f- fell from the sky. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just with Michael C. Hall, which I'll watch Michael C. Hall do anything he likes. Mm-hmm. He also sings really well and did a really good Bowie. Um, he apparently was amazing in that show. Yeah, I'd be okay with that coming to light. Now that I've bashed on jukebox musicals, no. Yeah, but that but it's different because like Bowie was behind it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of weird that like Book Bowie... of Mormon wasn't a jukebox. No, 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 no. I mean, a musical for people who don't like musicals. Oh, Sorry. Okay, I yeah, yeah, thoughts yeah, yeah. And, uh, now back to jukebox musicals uh-huh. and David Bowie. It's very interesting that he decided to rehash um I can never remember the name of the movie, the the man who the man who fell to earth. Yeah. It's very interesting that he like decided that he felt attached enough to that movie to kind of rehash it in his own mm-hmm. way. Like that's very interesting. I think I think he always just found that story to be very relatable. I mean, he's Ziggy fucking Stardust. Uh-huh. Like what could be more it was that transitional period between Ziggy Stardust and like the next really great character that he did which was the Thin White Duke. Uh-huh. The kind of like more fascist yeah like tight-laced what i would call hair. the scariest fucking david oh, bowie the character darkest david bowie uh-huh. character that like still like people think that he's a nazi yeah. like david bowie character like it it was just such an interesting because it is fully ziggy stardust mm-hmm. and it is fully the thin white duke yeah and it's just so interesting because those two characters do not. Aladdin the same Zane world. was kind of like the in between, like yeah. getting there. Type yeah, it wasn't thing. quite Thin White Duke yet, and, and it wasn't like it, it wasn't fully Ziggy either. So yeah, it like Station to Station was the album that actually got me into David Bowie. Really, I, like any good American, it was his disco shit that got me into him. <laughs> I like Station to Station. I honestly don't think I like it more than like low or something like that. Like I've the never Ber- really gotten into low. Honestly, mm-hmm. like I like the cover- the Berlin albums are fucking solid. Yeah, the like the cover for low is one of my favorite photographs I've ever seen in my life. That's a fucking great cover. Yeah, like I, it's just so simple, and he looks so hot, mm-hmm. like in such a amazing way, and. I've never really gotten into that. Maybe that's what I need to do like next is maybe like forego the 1975 and just listen to low and get mm-hmm. into low until I like low. Yeah. Just shove it down. My several, like several it. parts of low are just instrumental, which I think work fantastically with mm. the rest of the album. Um, I think I don't remember if it was this album or another album, but he, there was one album that he doesn't ever remember making like that. He was so high off his fucking rocker that he doesn't rem- that he didn't remember. And I think it might've been low that loops us back around to, um, to Stephen King that you were talking about Stephen King novels and shit. Um, the only Stephen King novel that I want to read ever is Cujo. Uh, the one about Why? the the because apparently he was so high off of cocaine he doesn't remember writing that one. <laughs> he he purely doesn't remember sitting down and writing an entire novel. Uh, I've read like the first hundred pages of so many King, Stephen King novels, mm-hmm. never finished any of them. Yeah, 
So I'm like determined to finish misery. Um, it's just like, I, like, I love the story. Yeah. But I, it just, his narrative voice, like the kind of man that he creates mm -hmm. and writes as like, first of all, fucking hate movies that are about filmmakers fucking hate songs that are about songwriting fucking hate books that are about writing like i like i just think it's so yucky because writers are fucking boring you sit that's all that you do like it's not that interesting somehow the shining made it cool but like the shining's about addiction not much writing uh like I'll work, no play. makes Jack a good boy. <laughs> like, that's not a lot of writing. Didn't take much brain power. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I like, I love his stories. I love his characters. Like yeah. it's chilling as shit. He's an amazing writer, but like the personality of his male mm -hmm. main characters drives me insane. Like mm -hmm. I just don't like them. Like they're like the kind of person, like I know that kind of person. I've met that kind of person. I've talked to that kind of person. Can't fucking stand them. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. So I love Stephen King movies. So there, there are such things as daydreams, but are there day nightmares? Probably. So <clears throat> do you have them? You yeah. I think, I think my worst day nightmare has been um, like one time I was just like thinking about Stephen King and I thought about like me falling into one of his nostrils and that really scares me. <laughs> like, sorry. let's be honest. <laughs> I'm so sorry. That didn't go anywhere where I thought it was going to go. Oh my God. Ah, you're so pleasantly weird. <laughs> I forget. I, yeah, it's just like anytime I see a picture of him, like I, I have that fear of just like, oh no, what if I fall into one of his nostrils? He's a scary looking dude. That's he another is. problem for me in Greece is that John Travolta looks like there's nothing going on inside him. <laughs> and it scares the yeah, shit yeah, out of me. Yeah, that's like, for sure. Dead like, eyes. Just straight up dead eyes. Yeah, no, it, it's like that like American psycho like smiling the whole time, but there's nothing behind yeah. his eyeballs. I think it's, uh, man, it's so fucked up to watch teen things and realize that a bunch of them are like were your age as you are now they were like 25 or 26 fucking playing teenagers and shit and it, and that's why like i remember being a teenager and being like what fucking the riverdale. fuck is this <laughs> what fucking riverdale <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah being like what the fuck is this difference i could have tried so hard to get those pecs it's not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's why, like, going back to what I was mentioning before, Booksmart, uh, like, casts, uh, like, age-appropriate, essentially, like, age-wise, and it works really well for them. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, there's also, like, there's the part where it's a little bit too much. Like, uh, I mean, in, like, sexuality. Like, Riverdale would be a lot yeah. creepier if they were, like, actually 15. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because um, like, it's like watching, like, the UK skins. Yeah. Like, it it feels really awkward because these people look 15 mm -hmm. and there's a lot of sexuality in it. Yeah. So I don't even know. if Yeah. I would that mad world scene that. would be so different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the, like the uncomfortable thing mm -hmm. about watching end of the fucking world. I love end of the fucking world. I still haven't, I haven't watched, watched it. I need to watch season two. Why, why essentially, why do you like it? Because I see people 
putting it on like their lists of favorite shows and shit like that. But I, I haven't been able to like really get into it. Um, it's charming in a really dark way. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's very refreshing. It doesn't really hold anything back. Um, and also as somebody who is kind of just like very detached and has a hard time actually feeling things and like, um, having human empathy it's very refreshing and kind of a like psychopath watches other psychopaths be likable yeah um because when i well, the bits that i have seen remind me a lot of uh that movie submarine by yes. richard iowata it's, it's submarine uh, with psychos okay yeah it, that's that's very much what it is okay i'll give it a chance at some point I like it. The things that are very uncomfortable for me are watching the like parts where there's like very heavy sexuality mm -hmm. um, and they do look 15. Yeah. And that is very uncomfortable. But I like it's just it's so charming in such a dark way. There, there's a part of um, of Booksmart where I got kind of a similar feeling. Yeah. Dealing with sexuality and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I really liked End of the Fucking World. I need mm -hmm. to watch season two. I just haven't had time. I don't have time for anything right now. I'm like, <laughs> I've just been going home and printing shit. Yeah. Uh, which hopefully will look good. Um, yeah. Who knows? Um, I'm ready for this thing to be over. I'm so tired. I want a life. Um, but you are enjoying it. Like it's getting I back to, to, to a part of your art making that like you've been missing out on. Yeah. I feel like I've learned a lot about printmaking from uh -huh. this experience just from having to like, jerry rig everything yeah um there's like i feel like i learned a lot of about production from having to jerry rig it i feel like i'm learning a lot about relief printing from jerry rigging it i feel yeah. like i'm learning a lot about um screen printing from jerry rigging it um, yeah when you have to essentially work with like the fewest amount of tools and like no have Jim to Jarrett to tell yeah. you what you're doing wrong yeah like yeah that's how i felt with like my performance piece and shit yeah yeah. yeah, I think it's like really important to get that understanding that like you have to start somewhere mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and you can't really use your like lack of tool. There's a certain lack of tools where you just genuinely can't do it. And like I my fear in starting a YouTube channel and um, the whole premise of it being like me during my way, jerry rigging my way into being a self-made producer is that like, yeah, I like. I've started from nowhere, quote unquote, but like I also have expensive instruments that my mm -hmm. parents bought me and expensive like lessons from a Juilliard grad that my parents bought me. And I like have lots of performance experience from like my parents that like had me performing since I was like six in yeah. front of a crowd. Um, and I have like a very expensive laptop that my parents bought me. I have an education that my parents bought me. Like I like I have to be careful to toe the line of like self-made because I'm not that self-made. And yeah. there are certain things that you just genuinely need that I've had to spend like money on, on like yeah. an expensive laptop, well, on, like having the microphone of having the interface of having yeah. the instruments. That's, and the pedals. that's what like sometimes annoys me about um, even though I like these two musicians about like Hozier and Lord being like their first albums like being like huge and shit but in reality like 
they've been doing shit like they've been being produced and made um not only by like the their um labels not not their labels but like their um the money that their parents had like the fact that like Hozier's dad was a musician so like he he like grew up around that and everything mother was an is an amazing artist yeah and um lord's mom is a poet and like i think her father has some like big job as well Mm -hmm. so like they of course taken on as a project as a very very Mm -hmm. young person Mm -hmm. and kind of given free reign and money so yeah Yeah. so like privilege (laughs) yeah the thing is everyone has to some extent some form of privilege um especially within the music making industry in which yeah being careful about like the type of image that you're trying to portray is important but also like fucking billy billy joel and so on uh they've made uh like big deals about like being from nowhere and everything but like they also had money and shit and like it's yeah i don't know it's up to you how you want to do that i don't know i mean that's going to be what the channel is about is like me learning how to be a producer Mm -hmm. um and a musician just in general um i'm kind of afraid of losing a bit of the stage presence and like mystery that comes with because like what what i do on stage is more performance like i like i like the mystery and awe of it and i don't talk much and i like to kind of uh like have this mystery about it and the youtube channel kind of breaks that yeah mirage but i don't know how else to get my shit out there and uh, i get that i always have that struggle within like my manuscript is finding a good place in between like showing how the sausage is made versus the sausage yeah like sometimes like to me that's what's very refreshing about people like contrapoints and Lindsay ellis is that they show the sausage being made but i still enjoy the sausage Mm -hmm. um and uh, there's a style in there that you can kind of uh i don't know that that in itself is good so it's hard to like not just be tyler oakley yeah and like kind of create mystery while showing people what you do what what the fuck was like i'm confused about the whole hubbub there was a couple months ago with con contra points oh what, what happened yeah there? um she's canceled um is she fully canceled uh yeah kind of there's been several things um and certainly there's some choices that she's made that are like not the best but like she's also human i am getting too old for canceling people there are certain people uh there are obviously the like harvey weinsteins of the world that like deserve to be ended um and the r kelly's of the world and that kind of thing Um, woody allen's yeah um, I honestly think her, she just recently came out with like a feature length film. <laughs> um, like it was an hour and a half long video talking about cancellation in general and her own cancellation, which is long, but very, very, very good. Um, and I think a very um, worthy defense of herself. Um, basically what happened, um, 
was uh, just in general, she has tweeted some things that kind of sounds non-binary or non-inclusive. Particularly, there were two big things. One was a thread where she was talking about, um, and she was kind of joking in the thread, but it still came across really wrong, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, The discomfort that she feels as a trans woman when like in super woke circles of just straight up a bunch of cis women, they feel the need to like go around with the pronoun circle just because they see her there and she feels a little bit invalidated as a woman. Mm-hmm. The way that she said it was kind of in the joke of like, that must be super fucking hard for me and like that kind of mm. thing. But the way that it comes across in writing in a tweet, it very much sounds like she is um, discrediting the pronoun circle, mm-hmm. um, which sure it's clunky for sure. It's clunky. But like at the same time, like for people who use they, them pronouns, like how the fuck else am I yeah. going to get it into a conversation that I use they, them pronouns? Yeah. When I look like a dude, because there's no like, there's no like easy way of doing it. Yeah, like, no, and it's like we'll probably found find the equivalent of the like rap song inserting credits. Yeah. Into it of the pronouns where it's a little bit more seamless, where I don't have to wear a pin on my clothes. Yeah. Seamlessness, as the great uh, John McClane would say. Um, but, uh, cause I don't want to wear a they, them pin on all my clothes. Cause I am fucking picky about what I wear and I don't want to start everything with like they, them, they, them, they, them, they, them, because I like, that's, it's, I want to be seen as the cool one, which is a problem. Um, but I like, it's just not very seamless for me in conversation. Yeah. But at the same time, there's no other way that I can there's think no of to do it. There's no way of doing it. So that, I yeah. understand her frustration. And like as someone who's been working very hard to be perceived just in general as a woman, mm-hmm. um, to like it's just annoying to have to like have that a little bit invalidated and not actually invalidated. I don't think mm-hmm. she was like actually complaining. It was just a stupid tweet yeah. that she didn't think about before. What was tweeted. the other one? The other one um, was that she um, did a collaboration with Buck Angel, um, the um, trans dude porn star. Okay. Um, she had a 10 second clip where he plays John Waters and basically just like voiced over a quote from John Waters. Mm. Um, and, um, Buck Angel, um, is, has at least said things that sound very trans medicalist. Mm. Like he's one of the people who, um, is of the generation where, um, he calls himself a transsexual, Mm -hmm. not a transgender person which that might, it's just not clear whether or not he means um, like in the trans medicalist way, like I'm transsexual because I'm pursuing um, yeah. like my transition medically and you're a trans trender mm-hmm. um, who's not actually trans because you're not pursuing things like that, like trans being trans is a medical thing where you like yeah. get like medical assistance with it. Um, or is he saying that he is transsexual as just like a differentiation in like saying that he is a specific type of trans person who wants to pursue transition medically? Yeah. Um, he also apparently ousted um, Lana Wachowski like mm. back a long time ago. Um, and uh, so in collaborating with... Um, buck angel and already having kind of a past of like saying things that could be taken very envy phobically mm. everything just kind of blew up and from what i can see as someone who's followed contrapoints for a very long time 
I just genuinely don't think she's envy phobic. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that she's still kind of a shitlord in like trying to make edgy jokes and like trying to make edgy jokes about something as sensitive as being trans mm-hmm. is very difficult uh, to not do badly. And she's made some poor choices in what she's tweeted. So it might not be a bad thing that she's off Twitter. Um, but um, from what I can understand, that's what I see. Um, and uh, I thought her video on cancel culture was very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. Like just ve- very, um, it talked a lot about the, um, like the effects of being canceled when your um, main public is like the trans community mm-hmm. where it's just sort of very close knit and they're your like only support group and the emotional effects of uh, finally allowing somebody to be the judge of you and then them like canceling you without mm-hmm. really giving you a chance to apologize because if you apologize too quickly then it's not like sincere or thought through. And yeah. if you take too long to apologize, then why didn't you apologize a long time ago? And like, yeah. it's just kind of a lack of nuance mm-hmm. um, in the worldview. Um, I don't know. I also just like in general, now that I've grown up a bit more and become more of an adult, um, I think it was easier when I'd isolated myself from everybody to not have any friends that thought differently than me. Cause mm-hmm. I was in college and everybody has vaguely the same mindset. But now that I've grown up and my friends have grown up and they have different worldviews now and um, I have coworkers and family and people that I like genuinely love and genuinely get along with who are very deep friends that I disagree with, I think I've become a lot less ready to cancel people. Mm -hmm. Um, Also because I've kind of had it sort of done to me in a very minor way Mm -hmm. and I know how much it's stung. Um, So I don't know. I like... I'm just getting old Uh, and um, there there's not a perfect balance. I fully know that I'm kind of wrong um, Mm -hmm. in being so hesitant to cancel people. And there's that like queer eye like spectrum where it's helpful to build bridges Mm-hmm. But they're also just so dang nice that they don't get anything done. Yeah. And they're just kind of like liberal centrists um, mm-hmm. with no real convictions. Um, Looking good, but not doing much. Yeah. The same I, the same issue that like people have with rent. Yeah. Yeah. So look pretty and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's difficult to find the right balance. I, I'm trying as an adult to find the right balance of being angry, but also being understanding mm-hmm. of people. And I'm very glad that I came from as conservative of a background than I did because I like now am forced again as an adult who's trying to patch up things with my family to um, confront people's worldviews and why they think the way that they do and why they act the way that they mm-hmm. do um, and why act, I act the way that I do. Um, and it's very difficult to judge people fully. Yeah. Um, I don't know the the world gets a lot more messy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, just canceling has so many um, things around it that it's just kind of hard to really talk about. Um, but especially with people like J.K. Rowling and shit like that, you know, you sometimes have to do the separation yeah. of it where, like, um, I was talking to Stephanie about it, about, like, how do you enjoy that? Like, how do you enjoy reading Harry Potter without thinking about, like, those things and having to in some ways be like these are their own stories and thinking of them almost in a vacuum versus yeah versus like thinking about like the person who wrote them um and it's shitty but unfortunately we can learn a lot from art that like the people who make them don't even mm-hmm. don't even recognize the, those lessons yeah so i think for me something that I carry a lot that my parents taught me when I was a little kid, um, and they meant this in a Christian way, but it's been useful regardless, um, is um, watching everything with the lenses of God, mm-hmm. um, where you allow yourself to really experience everything, but you like never let your guard down and like analyze everything mm-hmm. um, according to your own worldview. Um, and as a kid, for me, that meant like taking the Christian lenses of God and like kind of doing like right now as an adult, it's kind of the queer, like somewhere between anarchist and communist, mm-hmm. whatever the fuck I am right now, which are two completely opposed things. And I should probably figure out what I'm doing. Um, but um, that seems popular, though, like, yeah with the children to be an anarcho with the communist. kids <laughs> um with the kids nowadays yeah uh of trying to fit things back into your own worldview uh, not isolating yourself from them i think that's important um i i don't know i had a thought i don't remember what it was um actually yeah it's it's difficult to live in a vacuum. As far as like J.K. Rowling is concerned, for me, I also think you have to be more selfish. Um, yeah. Then, think like, for me, particularly Harry Potter, taking that as a standpoint, yeah, it makes so many people so genuinely happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that world, to to me, like personally there are so few things in life that make people so genuinely happy and that there are like people who um like really really i don't know like like for me i don't really relate to the harry potter thing that much i'm going to use it in terms of contrapoints because i fucking love contrapoints for me contrapoints has made me selfishly so happy and brings me so much joy that even through all of the times that I am not exactly sure what I think um, about what she's saying, um, or particularly during the time where she was canceled, where I just genuinely mm-hmm. didn't know what she thought and was like, maybe she is kind of ambiphobic. I'm not exactly sure. She brought me so much joy that I had to kind of death of the author it mm-hmm. um, and just think of it selfishly in my own terms of like, so few things make me happy. I really don't want to take this thing away from yeah. myself. And I'm not sure that's the best advice in the world, but I like feel the same kind of way about Harry Potter, mm-hmm. um, where uh, like 
death of the author. Like there is so much transness that can be imposed and so mm-hmm. much queer theory and like queer sentiment that can be put into Harry Potter and wicked and like all of these things that I like fucking Poe and Finn um, that I you, death of the author. Yeah. You have to cling on to the things that make you happy. Yeah. And you already bought the book, so don't burn it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It, it's a complicated thing. Mm-hmm. I I had to do that with like Dan Harmon. <laughs> several Morrissey. times. <laughs> Morrissey. The thing about Morrissey is that I honestly like, I'll listen to Smith's stuff, but like, I won't, I won't go into like Morrissey's own shit anymore. Yeah. Um, I won't do solo stuff anymore. Um, and the thing is like, I can't, my issue is just the fact that like, especially for him, his biggest audiences are some of the people that he dislikes the most. And it's just like, um, that is what frustrates me the most with Morrissey. Uh, and Rick and Morty fans. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, the my issue with Dan Harmon is like um there was at the very beginning of the podcast there was him releasing a um voicemail that um that Chevy Chase left for him and that like created a big upstir he did a a very like distasteful rape joke at one point um he also was like me too'd and um and then did an apology um on the podcast and like yeah there's there's like he as a person very flawed <laughs> has done a lot of dumb shit and especially his podcast was because it ended just like last uh like in December it ended um seven fucking years of my life um it's really hard because like harmontown came at a point that i really needed it and that it helped me through so much shit and especially like through shit where i felt like i was the only fucking person in in that goddamn little midwestern town that felt that way and then feeling like some of these things being spoken about and the fact that there was there was a little bit that was awesome about um him getting drunk and not being afraid of saying whatever the fuck came to to his mind and like then at some point he goes to therapy learns how to apologize and does the apology thing and shit um and the the thing that i appreciate with dan Harmon is that he grows like he actually has become a better person throughout time and i don't think i'd be like i do have to sometimes death of the author it with him but like i do I appreciate that there's like a genuine attempt at something and then, and I appreciate when people show that genuine attempt. Yeah. So I feel very terrified to talk about this subject in particular right Mm -hmm. now, just because I haven't really had much time to process it. And this is the kind of thing that I would love to think about more before I say things. Yeah. Um, but that's not what podcasts are about. (laughs) (laughs) I know. (laughs) 
Um, but it is like getting older. Um, yeah. I've had things that I've said on the internet come back to bite me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've like, I'm not the same person that I was when I started out the podcast where yeah. I was just like, fuck it. Anything that you don't want to edit, don't edit. Like, we'll just leave it in. I stand by everything that I fucking said. No, just <laughs> God. So young and stupid. Yeah, but like the thing but, is, I I also super appreciated the way that you like especially back then you were you were like that but you also said i am gonna fuck shit up but i'm gonna try to learn like i'm gonna try to learn from those mistakes and shit but i'm not gonna be sorry about making those mistakes right now and i like that's a fucking ballsy like thing to say i think to believe that is i've had like uh, it's been a rough month for mm-hmm. me mentally um, because I feel like I've lost a lot of what I enjoyed about being myself. Yeah. Um, and part Why of it was that like unavoidable. Like... Well, that ballsiness of mm-hmm. like not giving a fuck and just kind of doing whatever the hell I want. I think I just got beaten up way too much in 2017. Um, <laughs> to have, uh, like stayed that way. Um, so I just, I feel so timid and small and mm-hmm. um, like, yeah, just timid and small in what I've become, um, particularly in the last year. Um, well, no, we'll say two years in the last like two years. And in the last year I've been trying to like kind of regroup and think and like think about what the next move is for me to kind of regain some of that, like what made Whoopenkopf interesting Mm -hmm. of like being weird and ballsy and not giving a fuck and the shitty jobs and the shitty hours and people doing shitty things to me and, um, shitty haircuts. And like, like I, like, I don't know. I, I'm trying to find the things that cause, cause that, part of me was the first time that I genuinely became a person that I enjoyed being around. Yeah. And I don't enjoy who I am right now. So I, for me, what made kind of broke me about the band, um, ending was that I like felt like that was me recuperating the things that made me, me and made me proud to be myself in the like, performance and sexuality Mm -hmm. and being like a daring rock star. Um, it was my escape from my like nine to five, really mind bogglingly boring life. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. I feel like I, I lost the thing that was keeping me on track towards becoming that. And I just have to find it again and make it like, suit who I am a little bit more, maybe yeah. not be unironically the same whooping cough that I was when I was 19. Mm-hmm. Um, but be able to, I don't know. I've been watching a goth YouTuber not called uh, Jake Monroe. Mm-hmm. Love him. Um, he um, was talking about how um, he's able like now in his stage persona, he taps into the same person that he was when he was 19 and fearless and stupid Um, but can have a much calmer life outside and it kind of like helps him like relax. Um, And I think when I was 19, I was fully whooping cough 
just like always in my everyday life. And I think now whooping cough is kind of this persona that I can put on. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm trying to figure out, I don't know. I'm just trying to find the things in life that I enjoy again, because I don't enjoy much of life these days. Um, Yeah. Which is part of what, for me, the album and the vlog is, is kind of regaining the things that actually make me, me. excited. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's been a year of a lot of self-discovery really? and deep, deep depression. <laughs> yeah. But um, I don't know. I don't want to be defeated by it. And I don't want to like just, I don't know, fade away. And I like, I don't know. It's getting to the point where I definitely could. And I neither, I either need to make some drastic changes right now or I'm just not going to do much mm-hmm. with my life. Yeah, I get that feeling, but I push it down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I definitely needed to grow up, but um, I think I grew up too much. Really? Yeah. I became the Thin Duke before being the Ziggy Stardust. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I, like, need the Ziggy Stardust yeah. before I become the Thin White Duke. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not an attractive look <laughs> to go straight Thin White Duke. <laughs> yeah. I've tried the orange hair. It was bad. Um, only David Bowie is David Bowie. Yeah. I don't know. That, for me, has been a lot of the reason why I've, like, been trying to, like, go back to the gym and, like, get back in shape. And that yeah. I'd, like... I like I've struggled so hard with anorexia for such a long time and everything that I like poured myself into was into being skinny and skinny and skinny. And I have to be this like Ziggy Stardust, skinny, like Princey, Mm -hmm. uh, Andy Black kind of person, Machine Gun Kelly. Um, And everything that I went into was like being skinny and skinny and skinny and skinny and skinny. And I'm trying like you can't really take something away without replacing it. And what I found in the first year of dating Kyle is that I took away the obsession with being skinny and pretty and like got that with food. And then I became obsessed with food and ate a lot and gained like 50 pounds in a year. Mm -hmm. Um, And now I'm trying to like, I've realized that I'm never just going to not think about how I look and how much I weigh and like, what I do and like, it like consumes my every thought. So I think the solution that I've at least been able to find from now is to kind of pour that absolute anxious energy into trying to be fit. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if I'm like putting that much energy into being healthy, at least it's not just like being skinny Mm -hmm. or just my enjoyment of food. Um, it's like it can definitely go overboard, but the consequences of going overboard aren't nearly as bad as me like when I was 160 and like mm-hmm. very, 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 very terrifyingly thin. And I like look back on like my pant size and how I looked in photos and I'm like, holy shit, I thought I was massive. Mm-hmm. Um, and that could have had some serious medical consequences if I hadn't like found a boyfriend and gotten all fat. Um, but <laughs> Um, oh and I'm, my God. 
I'm sorry. Please don't use me as an influence. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> um, so I think in that is kind of my like first step in using this anxious energy that I have into being on stage again yeah. and trying to do something with that. Cause I do love being on stage and it just like, it's bliss, like nothing else. And I can like, it's the one place where I can be exactly who I am, which is in the end, pretty punk rock mm-hmm. and like not giving a fuck about anything that I just pretend to. And uh, like, I, I don't know. I want to get back to that. And that's what sucks is that I'm not really going to have that many live shows right now, but at least maybe I can do it on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Performance. Yeah. I, yeah. I also can't rely on drugs to be that kind of person. Cause yeah, I was, I, I was thinking about that part of my life. Um, I was thinking about that because like I, I was recently uh, listening to an NPR podcast uh, that was good talk- for you. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm also developing. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly like the thing is I feel like I'm not growing as much as I should be or like I feel like I'm very I don't know. I feel like I'm stuck and I don't know whether that's like not good, but just like beneficial. But anyway, um, I was listening to an NPR podcast talking about like how, um, what are the best ways to give your body a break from alcohol and like go sober for a little bit or uh, learn more about your relationship with alcohol. And one of the things that they said is like, give yourself like a reward or, or like something else to put your mind into. So with you, it went from being skinny to, to the food and stuff. And, and then it's now to the being healthy where it's just like finding something else in which to put your energy into re-radicalizing um, yourself. Towards yeah. Something else. Yeah. So it's, it's using like, it's doing what like a 12 step program does, which is, taking um the addictive qualities and applying it to other parts of of your life where it might be more like helpful and healthy um and yeah i uh i'm trying to figure out where that it lies for me i think part of it has to do with uh giving myself certain structures of things that I that I want to be doing constantly and stuff that will be helpful but I don't I just I don't fucking know I I part of the reason why I want to do the birthday funeral is because I feel like I'm really I feel like I'm stuck and and I feel like other people have a better idea of where I am and like getting some of that might be helpful in framing the whole picture for me because right now it feels like I've been the same person for the past like five ish, six ish years. And yeah, it's frustrating in that sense. And yes, it's not good to depend on uh, other people's thoughts of you, but like, 
whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if nothing else, it gives you a sense of what things about yourself you need to fight to the death for. Yeah. Um, which is good to know. Like, it's good to know what things other people would miss about you if you stopped. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's really very, very useful to know what things about your own craft and personality and like what, what you need to defend to the death and Mm -hmm. what you need to like, just go to the hatchet for. Yeah. Um, and that's hard to know. It is. It's a balance. I mean, if nothing else, like hearing what people have to say good about you is like a tool Mm-hmm. in an arsenal of things that can help you find your mojo. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's only turning into a Russell Brand video. Yeah. Somebody needs to either give me testosterone or estrogen because I am fucking tired. <laughs> I need more of something. More of this something, is what's being non-binary is that you don't get enough of either mm-hmm. and you're just like stuck in the middle in some mushy mush eating food. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I completely understand. That's me on the toilet eating Reese's. <laughs> yeah. If I can't have <laughs> if I can't have estrogen or testosterone, I'm gonna be mostly Reese's. <laughs> that's a good personality. Yeah. It's the chocolate that's non-binary. Non-binary yeah. representation. Yeah. Gri gri. Um, yeah. That's another thing. Is like figuring out being non-binary as an adult is so difficult. Um, like, oh my oh buddy. God. Like, I just... Ah. <laughs> yeah. It is so hard actually being visibly non-binary in actual real life world where you work in an office uh-huh. and like you wearing lipstick makes people think that you're taking the piss out of shit um, and is unprofessional and yeah. like it, it just sucks dicks. Like it's so bad. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that like I, just being non-binary in general is a whole kerfuffle of not precisely being like fully aware of what's going on inside of you and what you want. Mm -hmm. Cause like what so muddled do I want tits, but no ass and cheekbones. Like what do I want? Do I want higher eyebrows, lower like forehead, Mm -hmm. uh, but no boobs. Um, That's the answer. Yes. Um, But uh, (laughs) Uh, bingo was his name. (laughs) Do I want to have FFS if I'm trying so hard to build up my arms and look beefy? Like what the fuck am I doing? I don't know. Am I going to look like a weird Frankenstein monster? Probably. Is Mm -hmm. that my own internalized transphobia? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, Like it's, it's weird. It sucks. It is. is. Cause like you don't realize like exactly how much internalized transphobia you had until like people start judging you for it again. Yeah. And you start judging yourself for it again. Mm -hmm. And it just, Oh yeah. That, that was like, um, kind of like a main impetus for like the creation of that, uh, the performance art piece that I did of the champ. Yeah. Where, um, for those of you who don't know the champ is this uh, character that I created a few years ago in a poem, um, a, uh, like gender queer, 
um, boxer uh, kind of dealing within a world of very, like, very, very fucking strict. Um, you all right? We right. can finish this pretty quickly. I need quickly. to head out pretty soon. Okay. Um, uh, dealing a very, very strict, like, gender roles and so on as boxing is and everything. And um, doing this performance piece of um, embodying uh, the champ was difficult. And it's still difficult in my brain because of just, like, thinking about what necessarily does it take to be that can the champ look differently? Can the champ act differently and still be genderqueer? One um, major thing that I was thinking about with um, with the champ is that my favorite. So part of the part of the performance takes place in a bathroom. My favorite part of my own favorite part of the experience is when I leave. Um, when the champ leaves the bathroom and walks away, the five seconds of that are, I am fucking filled with adrenaline. Like I feel like something huge is going to happen. Like there, there's, there is this incredible energy that I can take on the whole fucking world. And, um, I, yeah, I haven't had that feeling other than through doing that performance in a long time. So, yeah, I don't know. I actually would love to take an episode of the podcast where I do my own interview about mm -hmm. you with the champ. Because yeah. I expected in La Estación podcast for you to talk more about the More champ about it, episode. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was good. It was very interesting. But it was more about, like, you. Yeah. Um, and I love... It was very, very interesting. <laughs> I liked it. Um, the room filled with many, many, many stations of desks. Yeah. At least... And, and many, it was a lot. It was, like... I was very I, I said, like, 40 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The room in my head was, like the size of this room uh -huh. until you said 40 desks and it like automatically blew my <laughs> was enormous, yeah. what I like, had done. Anyway, yeah. but I would love to do an episode where I'm interviewing you about the champ. I would love that. Yeah. Um, I think that would be really cool. So I'll just have to come up with um, questions yeah. for that. Might, that might be next time. It might be yeah, later. That might but, be a good time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it'll be a little bit more structured and also like, yeah. I like, I, I just think it was horribly fascinating. I'd love for other people to see it, even though yeah. they can't really like see more than like, have you uploaded the video to YouTube or you no, doing that? Or? No, I th so like partially is I made a video piece. Uh, essentially the champ is like three different art pieces. Um, the video piece, we're not putting it up anywhere because we might, um, I might be more submitting. No, I might be submitting the video piece to other shows, like oh, to other yeah. shows and shit. Nice. So, so like that's part of the reason why. Yeah. yeah, it's it's the fucking exclusivity of the art world and shit, yeah. which I'm not crazy about. But um, I but I honestly like part of what I want to do is uh kind of get some of the experience of the champ out to people through writing and through like kind of um doing um you know like uh, like writing about the experience and writing about uh, and like doing an interview and stuff yeah. and explaining it um yeah i mean as long so. as we have like a brief synopsis of what it would be i think it yeah. would be very interesting yeah 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 okay cool i can cool. do that all right so yeah all Perfect. right, you gotta go, Sam. I have to poop and I have to work on the poster. Um, so we will see you next time. Um, 
Not sure if next episode will be the one of the champ. Uh, or it might also be the, um, the book smart. Book smart. Who knows? One of the two. But Do your homework either way, motherfuckers. Yeah. Bye. Bye.